Caution. Learning in progress. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Smarter Every Season. I'm Nate Burnham. I'm going to be your host today, and with me uh, co-hosting this episode is going to be Hans Stutzman. So, Hans, thanks for joining me. Glad to be here. Yeah, we got a, we got a fun one. I'm excited for this one. Uh, we're going to be talking about sprayers, and to be completely honest, until this last year, I didn't know a whole lot about sprayers. <laughs> I still don't know a lot about them. I've been around them a, whole, a long time in my life, but I still don't know that much about them. Yeah, so it's been a fun journey. I know a couple of the guys up in support have really taken on sprayers and have a much better understanding as we get into sprayers. Um, but to talk a little bit more about sprayers, we thought it'd be really fun to bring in someone from R&D. So today we got Will Frank with us. So Will, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So Will, um, how long have you been with, with Precision? Kind of what's your role? Yeah, so it'll be uh, 12 years uh, this September that I've been with Precision. So time has flown by. Absolutely. It goes fast. It does. <laughs> it does. So, yeah, when I uh, first joined Precision, I was uh, on the 1010 program, actually, that Mc Justin McMenemy talked about at Winter Conference this last year. And so spent uh, a couple years uh, traveling around North America, uh, developing what was to become V-Drive Delta Force Speed Tube. Uh, and then about the time we were ready to launch all those products in the aftermarket, I switched over uh, into YieldSense and led that team for for uh, many years. Uh, and then I think it was about 2015 uh, is when we started to to look at air seeders and small grains in earnest. Uh, and so spent quite a bit of time in, in the Dakotas and the Western Plains uh, learning air seeders and developing cedar force. Uh, and now um, I've also worked with our uh, teams outside of North America. So we've got groups in Argentina, Brazil, and also in Europe. And so I've worked closely with those uh, engineers for uh, for many years, since about 2018 timeframe, something like that. Uh, and then, yeah, the last couple of years, um, gotten into sprayers as well. Well, you've covered a lot of different territories in that ter in that, yeah. that time frame. So that's yep. really cool. I love the... You're always one of the favorite guys. I go. I love to go back in R&D and talk to you because you have such a breadth of knowledge on different different topics across the board. So um, it's always fun to go back and just just talk through what you always have a new perspective on what's going on. Yeah, so. thank you for that. It seems like every time I have a question, like who do I talk to in R and D, it's always well, you could talk to Will Frank. Like, <laughs> what doesn't he have his hands in? <laughs> well, so. and I don't always know the answer, but I can point you the right person. Yeah, so that's half the battle, right? Yeah, that is half the battle. That is half the battle. So, well, you do you do a lot of farming yep. on your own uh, your own time. What kind of take me through some of that experience, or what all what all do you do? Yep. So, my family uh, farms about eleven hundred acres here in Central Illinois. Uh, so, just about uh, fifteen minutes west of Precision Planting. So, grew up here, um, and so yeah, mostly corn and soybeans. We do a lot of seed corn, uh, mostly irrigation on our farm, uh, and then my family also has a Christmas tree farm. Uh, so, a little bit of everything. I know where I can get a Christmas tree now. Yeah, yeah. come on out. All this Christmas tree farm. <laughs> oh, my my wife always talks about wanting to get a real tree. So now I know. Yeah, the, now I know who I'm going you to. You got no to. excuse now. You need <laughs> yeah. to do it. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into sprayers and talk a little bit about them. What got Precision into the sprayer market? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, um, 
really since the beginning, precision planning has been focused on the farmer, right? Uh, we're always looking for ways that we can innovate uh, and improve uh, just everyday uh, performance and um, the ability for the farmer to do a, a good job and raise a better crop. And so, you know, for many years we've been focused on the, the planter pass, but that's really just one pass per season, right? If you think about sprayers, they're going over uh, the field three times, maybe six, seven, eight times for some of the small grains. So the sprayers, uh, you know, that implement is a very important implement to the farmer and something that we we looked at and said, hey, we can we can bring a lot of innovation, a lot of improvements to help the farmer's bottom line. Um, so something that we've we've made a conscious effort to move into to help the farmer out with. So just back up. So this is clear. I mean, the way we approach from planters, I mean, years ago was we saw one piece that we can fix, and that was started with the meter. That started with the key. And those mm-hmm. those few things, and we kept growing from that within the planter pass. And as we're getting to look at it, as you're saying, as we look at sprayers, is, it, is there something we can help that cu- farmer with that pass going through it? Um, does your family own a sprayer? Do you guys do you own a sprayer or do you have a co-op or local guy come in and spray? Part of uh, the Christmas tree farm, it's pretty busy in the summertime. So yeah. we don't do any you of our own, own spraying. spraying. We hire it all out. That was the question because some of these farmers are, are in that, but there's also this is a little bit of a different – when we look at sprayers, it's not just – the end user that we're looking at, we're helping the farmer out, but it also could be the custom applicator that we're also helping that's in turn helping the farmer process this. Yeah, absolutely. Our, I mean, our, our products can help the farmer, but also the co-op. Uh, I mean, it's it's going to be advantageous for, for all sprayer operators to be uh, engaged in, in some of our product offerings. Yeah, so talking about being advantageous for both, um, obviously the big one out right now is Reclaim. reclaim. So take us through a little bit about what the thought process behind Reclaim was and kind of how we got to what it is today. Yeah, so, I mean, this is a good a good time of year to kind of drive around, take a look at the crops, um, and and you may see, you know, some fields out there that have some, some damage from spraying. Uh, I mean, this year is a very dry year, um, and so you can actually see some of the soybeans that have been sprayed um, a lot of those get dinged uh, when they uh, a herbicide gets sprayed on them, and it takes a while for them to come back, right? They need they need good moisture and to be able to kind of grow out of that. Uh, but then you'll also pick out some other other fields that there is some type of herbicide carryover, maybe from a previous field, um, where that crop becomes damaged, and so that's a very painful experience. Um, and one that a, an operator and maybe a landlord has to look at for the entire growing season. Uh, and so we wanted to, to try to understand how we could help help with that, and, and out of that came Reclaim. In, in my mind, what you're describing is that you're at a triangle, or the reverse triangle, yep. that has starts in the full wide, and as you go, you can see the center of the sprayer pass coming out of it there or within just contamination across the whole the whole field yep yep it can be either one but uh i mean it all boils down to basically you know some some herbicide or some chemical got put on that crop uh in a different way than was intended right and so reclaim uh you know is a retrofit boom recirculation system and it can be installed on self-propelled sprayers or pull type sprayers either one and it can be used with traditional nozzles that operate uh, basically 
like a check valve, and they're called diaphragms, or it, they can be used with PWM uh, nozzle types as well. Uh, and there's really three main benefits of Reclaim. So there's boom priming, boom recirculation, and boom purging. And so we can we can benefit all, all three of those with Reclaim. So boom priming, you're you're basically saying let's me getting product to the to the nozzle tip so we don't have a an area where we're skipping or we're not we're not applying product to the start of a pass or start of a field or start of a tank. Yep. So traditionally, you know, if your sprayer booms are empty um, and you're filling your sprayer tank with with water and mixing chemical in there, uh, you you flip on your pump, you turn on your agitation, you get everything properly mixed in the tank, and then you got to get it out to each nozzle, right? You want to spray that on the crop, and you want to make sure that you have full chemical rate at each nozzle before you enter uh, enter the field. Uh, and so kind of the status quo, if you will, has always been back up to the ditch, flip on master spray, and, and spray chemical out onto the ground or fertilizer out on the ground until you see all the the air is gone from all the booms, uh, and so you're you're wasting product there. You're potentially, you know, killing the grass in the ditch. That it's it's not ideal. No one likes doing that. And so, with a recirculation system like Reclaim, um, you're able to kick on master spray switch. But rather than spraying all that air and and excess chemical out on the ground, you're just going to recirculate that through your plumbing lines back to the the main tank. And, and make sure that all your air is out of the system, and then you have full concentration at every single nozzle so that when you go in uh, to spray, you know that you're, you're doing the job that you intended to do. And then having that recirculation can really come in handy when you're, when you're spraying fertilizers that can separate out. So take us through a little bit of the importance of that. Yep, so that, that's a good lead into to kind of the second point there of boom recirculation. Um, and so you can really, you know, make sure that all your chemical is thoroughly mixed in your boom. So if you are moving from one field to the next, maybe you're not changing chemicals, uh, but there are certain chemicals um, that can settle out over time. Uh, and uh, activating Reclaim allows you to, to push all that product from your nozzles, nozzle bars, uh, and back in um, to, to the main tank. and Make sure everything's thoroughly mixed again. Uh, and nothing comes out of solution. So some products like uh, atrazine have a tendency to, to kind of settle out. Uh, that can cause, you know, plug nozzles. Other products can can come out of solution, and, and you can get hot zones of product in the booms. Uh, and so, again, if you were to just enter that field and start spraying, you might damage that crop. Wow. Uh, and in some cases, the crop may grow out of that, but you're, you're not doing it any favor in terms of yield. So... Being able to just keep things properly mixed in the tank and in your booms is really, really important, and, and Reclaim uh, allows you to do that very easily. And you're thinking, though, some of that's just field to field. Some of that might have been sitting overnight, whatever it is as far as. Would you would you run across guys actually just running the, re the circulation every morning, depending on what they've got? Yep, yep. I mean, I, I'd say it's good practice when you're moving from one field to the next, you get to the next field, and you can – can kick on reclaim mm -hmm. and recirculate, but definitely, yeah. If if you you shut down for the evening, start back up the next day. Yep, run reclaim again, uh, and make sure that your booms are, are properly mixed and you've got that right chemical concentration that you're after. 
Does that help with nozzle tips plugging? If something comes apart out of the out of the line, a lot of times you know you always. I've always ran across where you get something coming loose, breaks free within a within a line and finds a finds its way into a nozzle tip. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, all the sprayers have some type of filtration on them, so pushing things back to the tank and back through those strainers can help uh, catch that debris uh, rather than a than a nozzle tip yep. catching it for sure. All right, and the third thing you kind of mentioned was boom purge so obviously we've talked about the the recirculation being advantageous for if something settles out but we may not be putting down the same product on every field yep yep so uh boom purging that allows you to to reclaim any of that unused product for future use so hans your example of you know shutting down for the night um a good practice there would be to to air purge uh, that product out of your booms back into your main tank. And that way, you know, if that chemical does kind of start to fall out of solution and, and, uh, and salt out, if you will, you're able to mix that in your tank and keep your nozzles, uh, you know, free of that debris. Um, so yeah, what, what boom purge is, is using, uh, compressed air that's on the sprayer and you can use that air to purge out all the lines, push that product back to your tank, and so your booms then are, are empty. Uh, that's advantageous for, for boom clean out as well. So that's actually, I mean, that is best practice overall. I would never recommend leaving stuff in lines overnight, but that is a, uh, I'm a farmer at heart, and I know what happens, and so that was the reason why I brought that up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the idea of being able to purge that stuff out overnight is a big like that makes it that it's sitting in the tank then rather than sitting out in the line somewhere. Correct, and and without reclaim, I mean, you didn't really have any any option, right? I right. mean, you would spray out your tank, you'd try to get your lines empty, but you still have chemical sitting in there and at your nozzle tip. And the only other option would have been if you had a rinse tank to pull from a rinse tank or something like that to try Correct. and flush water through at that point. Yes, yes. but this allows you to. to get that chemical, reclaim that back to the tank, and so you can reuse that without wasting it. Mm -hmm. How does this system kind of impact in, in um, doing, like, clean-out cycles where we're recommending two to three uh, cycles of, with water to clean everything out? How does that impact the amount of time that we actually spend doing that? Yeah, so so the kind of the industry uh, standard is about three rinses of your system to make sure that everything's fully clean. But uh, I'll give the caveat, you know, always refer to the product label uh, if there's some different different recommendation that they give there. But yeah, the industry standard is you want to you want to clean out your flush your system three times. Um, and so as far as, you know, running reclaim, um, it takes about one minute to recirculate uh, fluid through all of your booms. Uh, and so if you want to recirculate, you know, that, those three times, you probably want to re run reclaim about about three minutes. Um, that'll give you uh, a little bit um, uh, extra time and make sure that you're, you're, you're fully uh, circulated uh, through your booms. As far, far as clean out goes, so these recirculation lines, they do add a little bit of volume uh, to the sprayer. And therefore, when... We're pulling from rinse tanks to make sure that things are properly flushed out. You are going to need to use a little bit more rinse water, uh, and that's okay. It's just we we need to set that expectation for the operator. They need to be aware of that. They're going to uh, be refilling their rinse tank quicker than normal. Yep, yep. And so we add about fifty percent uh, to the line volume, and so 
uh, a typical rinse tank was sized such that you could flush your system, flush your booms three times. And so if we add 50% more, we're, we're going to need to fill that uh, rinse tank a second time, uh, about halfway to have enough uh, volume in, in the rinse tanks to be able to flush our uh, supply lines, but then also the recirculation lines. Talk through a little bit. Can you go into a little detail of what we're actually, how we're set up? Because we mentioned um, we work with a PWM system. And this might be getting a little bit of details outside of it a little bit, but you work with a PWM system nozzle, but also a standard nozzle tip. Yep. How are we able to handle this? When you kick that pump on, how are we opening the valve and getting that product to go back to tank rather than going out of our nozzle tips? Right. Right. So a traditional uh, nozzle has a check valve, uh, often cut, called the diaphragm in there. Uh, and you can get uh, a few different uh, pressure settings out of that check valve, but a, a standard one is going to be in that 8 to 10 PSI range. And so the, the main trick for us uh, with Reclaim is being able to recirculate at lower uh, than that 10 PSI uh, to make sure that we're recirculating fluid through the booms, but we're not pushing it out those nozzles. So you're not opening the check valve itself, but we're getting it to basically the, our head pressure has to be less than whatever that check valve is. Correct. We want the flow. We just right. don't want the pressure. Uh, and so um, the, the way we do that is with a pressure reduction kit uh, that there is a, an electronic ball valve uh, that, that closes when you activate reclaim and it has a, a small hole drilled in it. And that acts as a big restriction for the system. And so it is that now the dominant restriction in the, in the plumbing system of the sprayer. And so most of the pressure drops uh, across that valve such that you have that lower than 10 PSI in your booms and, and you're able to, you know, push 30, 40 uh, gallons per minute through your booms to flush them but not open open your traditional valve. check valve diaphragm. So we houses. move the pressure point then to a different location, essentially is what we're doing. Yep. Mm. Yep. It's just, it's become the, the dominant pressure drop in the system. system. Uh, and, uh, but we're still flowing all of that uh, fluid through there. So again, we're able to get that good recirculation uh, amount without, without opening the check valves. And then with the air side of this, basically there's just an air port that either that we're tied into onboard air from the sprayer or if a guy really wanted to, he could pull, if he didn't have onboard air, he could pull from a shop, yep. compressor or something like that. And that's just, yep. we're opening the valve up into the tank on the reclaim side and we're pushing all the product back through um, through the lines back to tank before we open a check valve on the sprayer tip. Yep, yep, that's right. Yeah, there's there's actually two uh, electronic ball valves. So there's the uh, um, uh, pressure reduction valve that I mentioned with the small hole in it. That's the first one. That's in your pump uh, discharge line going out to your booms. And the final one is your recirc valve that is uh, directly back at the tank. And so all of your recirculation plumbing goes back through that uh, recirc valve. And so that valve is typically shut when you're spraying. So all the chemical, uh, you know, from your pump is, is being pushed out through each nozzle uh, and out into the field. Uh, but then when you activate reclaim, we open that recirc valve and that gives that free flow path back to the tank. That's cool. So we've talked a lot about kind of what reclaim is, the different components. Um, for guys that are already running reclaim or have systems out there, um, what are some of the best practices that you guys have seen so far with it that you, that we can pass on to them? 
Yeah, so we touched on it uh, briefly, but re- really recirculation time. So a good practice, I would say, is, is recirc for about one minute uh, to try to recycle your booms one time. So um, if you want to recirculate your booms three times, you would want to run for that three-minute mark. And that's for a, for a typical 120-foot uh, boom sprayer. Um, another best practice, I guess, for sprayer clean-out is just, yeah, don't forget about your recirculation lines. And so you do have uh, some additional lines now where there's chemical present, and you, and you need to make sure that you are cleaning out those lines as well. Um, and so uh, there's, a, there's a pretty good installation guy that kind of walks, or operator's guy, I should say, that kind of walks you through uh, the right way to do this, and we can talk about it here as well. Uh, but it is somewhat of an involved process that it, it's best to uh, kind of refer uh, to this uh, to the operator's manuals to make sure this is being done. As far as involved using it, it's several steps that are logical, like sequence it's, steps that are important to go through. It's logical, and it's nothing uh, new, really, other than... Um, then don't forget your recirculation lines. I yeah. mean, everything else is, is is standard of what they're doing today, but just you need to remember that you have these re- recirculation lines. So we kind of touched on it, uh, but the industry standard is that triple rinse. Um, and so typically what a sprayer operator would do is, is you want to spray out your chemical from the main tank. Um, you want to get as much product out of the main tank as possible and into the field. Um, then you'd want to use the air purge feature of Reclaim to to blow any additional product that's in your recirculation lines back to that main tank, and then you can you can uh, drain that main tank uh, into into a into a jug or into uh, you know some container to reuse that product, uh, and that's when now you want to start pulling from your rinse water um, to to get that clean rinse water back into your main tank. Uh, and so typically you, you, the recommendation would be you drain about half your, your rinse water tank into the main tank, and then you turn on the agitation of your pump. And, and that's going to, uh, you know, take that clean water. It's going to mix it around your main tank and start to dilute any solution uh, that you have in there. Uh, at that point, you want to activate Reclaim again. Uh, so activate the, the rocker switch um, kick on the main pump, and then that's going to push all that fluid from your main tank through the booms and back uh, into the, the tank again through your recirc line. So, so there were actually, first part is let's clean the tank. Yep. Let's, let's dilute everything down the tank. Yep. Then let's push that diluted water through the lines and get the majority of the chemical, the residual chemical out of that Correct. into the uh, into the rinse, basically in the rinse water tank. Yep, yep. And then you have a diluted solution in your main tank that you need to drain as well. Uh, and then you, you basically re- repeat that process a second time, pull from your rinse tank. Um, again, mix mix in your, your main tank, push back through the lines. Uh, and I should mention, you know, after you do that recirculation, it's a good idea to then air purge because then you can, you can air purge all of that chemical uh, and, or diluted chemical in this instance back, back to the main the tank. tank. So air purge it twice then. First time to get the chemical out, second yep. time to get the diluted chemical back out again. Correct. Correct. Starting as fresh as possible each time. Correct. Yep. Yep. And again, I mean, refer to product labels, but, uh, but most people, uh, I would say if it's, if you're going to put some type of, uh, rinse aid or tank cleaner in there, you're going to do that between your second and third rinse. And so 
this would be uh, the time to do that. So you fill back up your rinse tank or put water directly in your main tank. You add your tank cleaner, you run your agitation again, and then you activate reclaim and, and recirc there for three minutes to make sure everything's properly mixed from your tank through your booms. And depending on what chemical uh, you're using and kind of what your practice is, some guys actually like to let that tank cleaner sit overnight just to make sure that it's got a good pull from all the lines and pull yeah. it basically. It's almost like they're, I mean, I'm remembering from years ago, but this actually almost pulls chemical out of, out of lines or let it basically attracts the chemical to the cleaner itself. That's correct. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'm going to show my ignorance here for all these sprayer guys right here just laughing. Well, this guy's talking about sprayers and he doesn't even know what a cleaner is. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, okay. So that would, but that would make sense. The guys are actually leaving it overnight for something like that. Yep. Yep. And some guys leave it out in the sun too, because heat actually. He does re- release stuff in that. Um, yeah. Especially a poly it helps tank. It dissolve quicker. Yeah. So, uh, and then, so once you've, once you've got your tank cleaner in there, uh, then your final step is to air purge again, all that, uh, tank cleaner back to the main tank and then you can drain your main tank. Uh, and now your your system's fully clean and your booms are empty. So you're all ready for your next chemical and ready to prime again and, and go from there. It's awesome. So as I would talk through this, um, I remember growing up when I was, I helped a farmer for a couple summers um, off off my dad's farm, but helped with him. And it was a very simple chemical program. It was, it was straight Roundup that we ran for every acre of soybeans and, um, corn was one chemical as well and we would spray all the beans and we'd spray all the corn it was one basically one changeover for for the whole year um today that's not where we're at we're changing chemicals multiple times within the season within even one crop soybeans and and or corn are getting two different or three or four different chemical uh mixes so recirculation and cleaning boom out this became a much bigger issue going into it Talk a little bit about what are what's driving some of this uniqueness as far as these additional chemical passes and kind of what you're seeing best practices for guys as far as sprayers and kind of where we're headed or what what you see is is helping growers out in that set, setup. Yeah, I mean it's it's no secret uh, to the industry. We've seen a lot of herbicide resistance uh, in different different weeds, um, and so when I think about best practices it's it's trying to be there as early as we can to spray so scouting's Um, a big key piece of this then scouting's big knowing what you have um and then knowing how big those weeds are i mean definitely the smaller the weeds are the easier they are to kill Um, so try to get out there early and and do not skimp on chemical rates or carriers either one i mean it's it's tempting uh to do those because you can you can cover more acres in a given day, right? You have to fill the sprayer up less often, but but uh, when we do that, that that can lead to to an incomplete kill, right? You're you're kind of stunting uh, some of the weeds, but but you're definitely not killing uh, them. Yeah, there there's situations where you won't kill them, and then that's going to lead to a, a chemical resistant or herbicide resistant weed that is going to be more difficult to kill uh, in coming years, and so definitely. Don't don't cut those chemical rate or the carriers. You want to make sure you have good coverage uh, on on all of those uh, weeds that you're spraying to make sure that you do kill them effectively. What about drift? This is also something we've talked about before. What's some of the uh, the benefit or what's something to watch for as far as drift or how can we minimize some of that drift? Yeah, 
uh, drift is is very important, uh, especially depending on what chemical uh, you're spraying. Um, uh, kind of make sure uh, that you're aware of, of for your, your product, kind of what droplet size you're targeting. And just know that finer droplet sizes are going to be pushed around by wind easier, uh, and therefore they're going to drift uh, drift more more readily as well. Um, so know what droplet size you want, uh, and and try to maintain your uh, your boom pressure in that appropriate window so that you're actually getting getting the droplet size that you're after. And that's back to boom. You're specifically. We're talking nozzle orifice or nozzle size and pump pressure is what's creating that droplet size. Correct. So um, traditional nozzles, you're you're uh, trying to maintain a certain uh, boom pressure. Um, well, really, in any type of spray, you're trying to maintain a specific boom pressure so that you get a certain droplet size. Uh, but you also have to drive at a certain speed to make sure you're getting a certain rate. So the advantage of when you go to a PWM system like like Symphony that we announced that we'll be coming to the market with uh, shortly here, um, the the benefit of a PWM system is is the pump is really regulating the pressure in the boom, and then the duty cycle of the valves is really what's regulating rate. And so it doesn't matter how fast or slow you're going if you're if you're speeding up, slowing down. Um, you know, going around uh, a waterway or through a, a deep waterway and slowing down, your your boom pressure is going to uh, be fixed and therefore your droplet size is fixed. And so PWM systems have a, a big advantage in the marketplace. Seems like a good or a good time to ask the question of what, what can we look forward to seeing as far as precision planting is uh, concerned in regards to sprayers. Like what ki- what type of direction are we going you already mentioned Symphony, so yeah, yep. So, so Reclaim was the first uh, sprayer product that we came to market with Symphony, and then uh, a kind of a, a platform called Vision. I'll call it. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a prototype also, name. <laughs> we've also talked about. Uh, yeah, that's correct. So, so Symphony is a, a PWM retrofit system, um, and and Vision kind of as a as a big category. There's going to be many products that come out of that. Um, and so you've heard at one of our conferences talking about the ability uh, to do crop scouting with that. I mean, being able to identify where there's areas in the field that have higher weed pressures, um, and those are the areas that then we can go scout, right? We can go figure out, you know, hey, is this water hemp? Is this some type of grass? Like, what is it? And after you spray, you can go back to that area and confirm. Did we kill it? Did we get it taken care of? Did we actually kill it? And so I think... Uh, you know, crop scouting is going to be very, very big for us uh, and growers, I mean, um, you know, with with kind of the vision umbrella. Um, but then we've also talked about things like like row guidance and targeted spraying. And so, um, you know, uh, vision is, is kind of a, a very broad category. And I think there's going to be many, many products uh, that come out of that to really benefit farmers in the years to come. Go back a little bit to Symphony. Um, so again, Symphony would be a you mentioned PWM control, but the idea of, of being able to control droplet si- or control rate with droplet size simplify that process for growers as far as picking a a rate and a speed going through the field and be able to contain a little bit better on drop on drift and basically the droplet be able to hit the target droplet that they're wanting to accomplish the kill that they need for that that coverage pattern that they need. 
Yep. So, I mean, the simplest terms, really, your your pump is regulating that pressure, and then the duty cycle, meaning how fast we're opening the valve, is regulating the rate. And so, depending on what what uh, product you're spraying, you're going to want a certain droplet size to get a certain coverage. Um, and so, uh, you can you can now basically control uh, the rate and uh, that droplet size independently, which is very difficult to do before. And so with Symphony, um, there'll be a few things like you, you'll be able to see what your duty cycle of your valves are. So you'll have a good idea on kind of where you are within that rate window. Uh, that's going to be a metric for us that's shown on the 2020. And you'll also see uh, a few different pressure metrics uh, also to be able to see, you know, just make sure that you um, – are maintaining that droplet size that you're targeting. You're going to have confirmation for that. And and that's something that has been kind of missing in the industry uh, in the past. So that'll be, yeah, that's a huge piece. And that's, when you talk about resistant weeds and, and getting good kill on, on, on a, on a weed is back to product rate, product droplet size coverage, um, timing them when all this goes into all of these kind of in my mind when you look at these all play together to be able to to stop that resistance to to be able to accomplish a good kill on on our weeds. Yep, I agree, and I think since you know the 2020 seed sense monitor was introduced in the market, we've we've been focused on you know bringing a good in cab experience to the farmer, um, showing them useful information on the display so that they can make a change right then in the moment. It's going to be the same thing with sprayers, with Symphony and Vision. We're, we're going to bring them real-time information for them to be able to stop and fix and improve their operation, you know, before it's before it's too late uh, in, in the season. So it'll be pretty exciting to see where we go for both of those those products and others down the road. It's exciting. Yeah. It's really exciting. Hans, any other questions before we kind of start to wrap up? The only thing I think of um, – so – we mentioned earlier, Nate and I, I've been around sprayers since I was a kid. I remember spraying when I was, oh, probably 15 or 16. I remember going to, getting sent to go to the field and, and spray. Um, but since that time, there's a lot of technology changes. There's a lot of things that have happened. Um, sprayers are different beasts than what they were even five years ago. They're a very different um, scenario. Some of our dealers today have very little interaction with sprayers. We've spent so much time um, working on planners that – these guys have gotten well-versed in planners, but we have very little experience as far as sprayers go. What's some, just some good, uh, for guys that are looking to get into sprayers to get more knowledgeable about it, what's some good takeaways for these guys to know, um, or what's their, where would they go to look for it? Yeah, probably the, the first place I would go to is sprayers101.com. Uh, so that's a non-for-profit website. Uh, that was started by two crop instructors out of Canada in, in about the 2015 time frame. And so they have many different topics on there. Uh, Reclaim is talked about in there with, with boom recirculation systems. They talk in depth about the benefits that PWM nozzles can bring to sprayers. Um, a lot of things on droplet size, uh, best practices for tank cleanout like we talked about today. Uh, they have a lot of good articles, and they're always adding uh, to that. Uh, so that would be a great resource. And, you know, YouTube uh, is an excellent resource as well. <laughs> I mean, you can find Sprayers 101 on there. I know they have a channel, but I'm sure there's many other good resources on YouTube as well. I learn a lot of things from YouTube. Maybe some of it's useful, but I learn a lot of things on YouTube. That's right. I'm with you. 
For sure. Well, you got anything else you wanted to wanted to cover today? We appreciate appreciate you coming down. Yeah, no, I'm glad to be here. Appreciate the time. Good to be with you guys today. Yeah. Hans, thanks for joining me as well. It's been well, enjoyed it. This is fun. Yeah. And we hope you guys enjoyed um, this episode on sprayers. Um, if there's anything you do want to hear about or got any comments or anything like that, we do have an email address. I don't know that I have ever mentioned the email address on the show. We used to mention it every week, every every episode, and I think we got a habit of doing it. Yeah, so. I'm going to try to bring it back. So okay. the email address <laughs> is uh, smartereveryseason at precisionplanting.com. So we'd love to hear feedback, episode ideas, or whatever you got, send it our way. Um, I know a number of us are on that email, so chances of one of us seeing it are pretty good. Pretty good. Thank you guys both again for taking the time to come on. Thank you all for coming. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time on Smarter Every Season. Mm-hmm.